Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hi, everybody. Um, This is Imagine This. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about why new works are so important to us, uh, not only as a theater company, but also as people, as theater artists um, who are working with new works quite often. So I'm Brashina. I am Trent. And I'm Mackenzie. And Trent is going to start us off on this lovely discussion. Indeed, as I do. Um, as as Brigina said, we work a lot with new works as a company. It's what I specialize in professionally, and I'm also a playwright as well as being a director who works with new works frequently. Who does so um, many things? <laughs> I wear a lot of hats. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's what I'm passionate about. I started as a director um, and was told by several people that I direct in a dramaturgical way which I didn't really know what that meant at first. And I had to like do a little bit of digging, figure out like where, what that meant. Um, but through that, I found dramaturgy as a art form in and of itself. And so now I like to say that like I'm a director and a dramaturg and then also a playwright. So really new works is my wheelhouse. That's what I love to do. Um, and it's what we get to talk about today. So <laughs> yay me. Um, I think the first reason that I would like to bring to the table for why new works are deeply important is that we need unique stories and we need unique perspectives. Um, I think that it's really easy to feel like there are so many plays out there and that's true, right? But there are still gaping holes and the experiences that are being portrayed on stage. And we need to continue to tell stories. Like, until the world has stopped turning, we are not through telling stories that need to be told. As long as people are living, new experiences are being had, and those need to be brought to the stage as well. Um, A a personal anecdote that I think maybe helps illustrate this point is Wild Imaginings, um, well, as y'all know, Wild Imaginings did what we called a contemporary play series over the course of this last season. And that was a series of staged readings that took place each month. We chose contemporary plays, um, so plays written within the last five to ten years, which arguably may not even be contemporary anymore, but it's more contemporary than most theater companies interact with on a regular basis. Um, And so we wanted to choose stories that were unique, that were important, that dealt with 
particular issues that we thought were important to the community in which we perform, Wigo, Texas. Um, and so one of those is was domestic violence. We wanted to choose a play for October, actually, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, that dealt with this in a direct but respectful way. And there are plays out there that deal with this. I don't want to pretend like there's not any. But it was shocking how limited the pool was, frankly. Um, and then when you brought into perspective not wanting to showcase any type of violence on stage, it shrunk the pool even more. Um, and not to say that violence on stage is not an acceptable part of a play, but for us at this time, we wanted a play that survivors could come to and interact with. That was part of the audience that we wanted to reach. And so seeing an act of violence on stage could be re-traumatizing. So that was part of just our criteria for this particular show. And the pool was so limited. There were just not that many scripts that were at all what we were looking for. Um, and so that ignited like a little um, piece of inspiration in the back of my playwright brain. And I just kind of tucked it away for later. Well, at the beginning of this year, I started writing a play, as both of you know. Um, I had just recently gone through a divorce. Um, the divorce was not terrible, but the uh, marriage was. <laughs> and so I am coming out of this abusive relationship and starting to write a play, not actually about an abusive relationship, but that is quickly what it turned into. Because that is where my heart was. It's where my brain was. And that little, I can't help but think that that little spark of, there's not very many plays about this that had like alighted into my brain a few months earlier, had something to do with this play transforming into this material that really deals very directly with issues of abuse and not just physical abuse but mental abuse and emotional abuse and the way that unhealthy relationships often look very different than what we think they look like it's often much more passive and much more insidious than something overt and screaming and hitting it doesn't have to be that in order for it to be abusive um however I am gay. And so my play wasn't about a straight relationship. It was about a gay relationship. The whole show is for people. It's two gay married couples. And so now not only is this play about domestic violence, but it's very much centered around my experience and my unique perspective as a gay man in the South who now has been divorced. Um, and you want to talk about layering taboo upon taboo. Um, but we produced a workshop of that play and that story lived on stage from a very unique perspective. It's purely my own perspective on life and on relationships and on abuse. And yet so many people connected with that story, despite the fact that it was about two gay married men in the South, it connected with so many different people because what I think is cool is that we spend a lot of time talking about differences between people. But really, there's so much more about people that is similar than that is different if we really boil it down. And so what I have found in working with new work 
and with this last play that I wrote, is that the more specific you are, the more you that you allow your play to be, the actually the more that it ends up connecting with more people. Because when you try and re- try and be relatable or try and be what you think people want, you end up with this wishy-washy thing that doesn't feel real. But when you're true to your experience and allow your unique perspective to really shine through, that's when you start to connect with people. And it's counterintuitive, but it is so true. And, yes. and that's why I think new work is exciting and it's important is because how many particular perspectives exist in this world that are yet undiscovered that we haven't had the opportunity to connect with yet. So Uh, many. And that's what, that's what gets me excited though about theater and about new work specifically is that despite the fact that it is so specific and so unique, that's what makes storytelling universal is that there's something there for everyone and we're, we're missing it until it makes its way on stage. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. And that's one of my like personal things as an artist, one of my personal like beliefs as an artist is that specificity is what helps us to connect. Um, Trying to be generic is never going to get you, you know, as many people to follow it as, uh, as you think it will. Um, As artists, we've been taught so much about like commercial appeal commercial appeal because that's what brings in money but to write in your own voice um to have that unique perspective is really what brings people in and makes people interested in what's happening because you're when you get that specific the details feel so real that you can't fake it you know um and that's a, a new movement that's happening for new works is to write. They're asking for uh, playwrights that are writing in their own voice. Um, and mm-hmm. that is a passion of mine um, as somebody who really wants more diversity um, in plays. Um, we've always had new works. That's not new. We've been doing that for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. Um What's happening now is more that we're looking for the people who are on the fringes to write about their fringe experiences. Um, and to me, that's so that's so important. That's why new works are important for me um, is because my experience is still being told in a way in, in several different ways. I've written a couple plays myself, you know, that centered on like what was my experience as a black woman um and I still you know every time I see a play about what it's like to be a black woman be a black woman in America be a black woman in Britain be a black woman you know in these different places in the world I always find something new I always relate Mm -hmm. to something um new in that show or relate to something that you know maybe I didn't even want to voice myself um but that's that's why new works are important for me they just, they give you so many opportunities to see new perspectives. And writing outside your experience is okay. It's most, for the most part, but it's, it's never going to have the all-encompassing knowledge that a person is writing within their experience. I think that's why some, I've, there is... 
there's currently um, an Emmett Till musical that's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's written by a white woman who I like read up on her, and she's just kind of obsessed with Emmett Till for some strange reason. And I was reading about the premise of the play. And in order for her to write about this from her experience, she had to add a fictional white woman into the show, into the events of Emmett Till's murder. And to me, already, you're getting away from who is actually at the forefront here, like who's actually important in this story. And so, yeah, you can write outside of your experience, but sometimes you just... That's not what you need to do. You need to uplift other authors that are writing within their own experience. Or maybe you need to talk to somebody, you know, that has that experience. Maybe you need to collaborate with someone rather than taking on that project yourself. And I think that's what new works offer. I think that's one of the reasons that I really love our new play um, festival that we have. Because we don't just be like, okay, this is the play that makes it. Um, But... As we get, you know, closer and closer to those eight finalists, we send out more, hey, we want you to make some revisions. Maybe you should look into some history here sort of thing. So we're we're not just, you know, saying like, yeah, this is the best. You've got the raw talent, kid. Let's keep going. Um, we're actually giving them some sort of some sort of help, some sort of, you know, maybe you need this perspective in here. You know, maybe it's missing something. We're helping them along the way to develop as writers and I think that that's part of your development is knowing when you are not, when you need help, when you need to write with someone who has that experience that you're going through, you know? So that's why I love new works. And I think that not only do they offer us a diverse perspective, um, but that helps us build community in that specificity and in learning to appreciate others who are writing within their own voice. Yeah, I writing in your own voice is a little bit of like a buzzword mm-hmm. within the new work and playwriting community right now. Um, and I think rightfully so. I think that when you read a play, even if you can't put your finger on it at first, you can tell when a character isn't feeling correct. Yes. Um, you know, there's something off or there's just like details that don't line up. Like, you you know, when someone is writing a person with which they are simply less familiar. Um, and I love your point about collaborating. I think that co-authoring is so underrated and so underutilized. Um, and even if you don't co-author, if there's a story that you have to tell as a writer that involves an experience or a character that is simply outside of your frame of reference as a human being, please, for the love of God, get yourself a consultant. And I don't say that lightly, (laughs) right? But really, truly, you Mm -hmm. need someone speaking into your creative process Mm -hmm. who is not you. If there is something that is central to your story that is not from your own experience, you just do. Otherwise, um, your it can plays cause harm. it can cause harm yeah. at worst case yeah you're, it will cause harm yeah. but I think even before that if you practically speaking your play is less producible because as an artistic director if you come to me and want to produce a play and I meet you and then I read your play and it's about a very different type of person than you are I'm not gonna feel super comfortable 
producing something that I cannot guarantee is an accurate depiction of this experience because it's not yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so even at a very practical level as an artist, I don't think it's a good idea, let alone what I would argue, as you're saying, are some serious ethical implications, actually. It goes mm-hmm. beyond artistry. It really deals with the ethics of the art of playwriting when you get right down to it, I think. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, and it lacks truthfulness. Mm. And I think truthfulness is something that audiences are going to pick up on like immediately. Like it, it lacks, if it lacks truthfulness, it lacks vulnerability. And I think that vulnerability is what brings theater so much power. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So I think we've talked about unique perspective, mm-hmm. own voice, which are related. I think they come from a slightly different angle towards the same type of importance that new work has to offer. Um, mm-hmm. I think both of them deal with the fact that only by continuing to discover new voices and new stories do we represent people well and represent society well. Um, and do we see ourselves on stage in different ways? I love that you said you see a different part of yourself every time you see a story about what does it mean to be a black woman? And I would echo that saying that I have no idea what it's like to be a black woman and would never pretend to, mm-hmm. even after watching a whole lot of plays about it, right? But mm-hmm. there's something really important about seeing other experiences lived out on stage, both for seeing your own experiences, but also for seeing others. In a very different way, it's also important for me to see what is it like to be a black woman walking through the world. And it's not going to resonate with me in the same way that it does with you, but it's still important for me to see. Um, And I think that that really matters. That, um, I mean, it's, I always say that um, it's no gay gay person's um, job to educate straight people. Um, You know, it's no LGBTQ person's job to educate straight people. It's just not, right? But theater is one of the ways that people can engage with those experiences without it being, like, my responsibility to share. Um, And I think that that is really deeply important when we're talking about, like, different perspectives and different experiences colliding on stage. And when you were talking about specificity, I think that's what actually allows people to actually see into the perspective truly. Um, some of the plays and things that we have that come from outside of the perspective, they don't have the same insight. They don't have the same, you know, like we were saying, vulnerability. And so they don't resonate as well with other people. It allows more people to be like, oh, I don't have to take a stance on this. Mm. This was just a nice thing that I saw. But I think that's part of the appeal of new work is that it not just shows you a new um, perspective, but it also like pushes theater forward it makes us it gets us to continue to create Mm. it innovates you might say (laughs) 
<laughs> it does actually. Um, yeah, innovation in theater is something that has always existed. We're not producing plays the same way that Greek tragedy was produced in what? Athens. Oh, we know we are. Okay, we are. But is it the theater that we want to be seeing and that needs to be produced? No, sorry, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. No, it's a little bit stale. But that doesn't mean the plays themselves are stale. Mm. Those types of productions are. I think those two are separate things. We can put on a production of Oedipus Rex, but we shouldn't set it wearing togas. I mean, we could, but it shouldn't just be like traditionally produced the same way that, for example, um, Shakespeare um, shouldn't always <laughs> Was be that a produced. casual like Shakespeare? <laughs> um, that yeah. thing which I am getting a master's degree the in Debbie Shakespeare. Ryan mm. <laughs> yeah, literally the Debbie Ryan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we shouldn't always be doing Shakespeare in Elizabethan corsets. I think that it. I think there are elements of these plays that are still so relevant today. I mean, Shakespeare himself was an innovator. That is the reason why mm. he is Shakespeare. We talk about him as much as we do compared to someone like John Webster. Who's John Webster? You're right. <laughs> people don't know who John Webster is because he was not an innovator in the way that Shakespeare was. I mean, Shakespeare mm -hmm. is arguably responsible for completely creating like the human on stage. Like his Hamlet had a character like that with the intellectual depth and just reflectiveness and existentialism that is present in that play and in that character had never been seen on the Elizabethan mm. stage before, or not even the Elizabethan stage, the stage before. Shakespeare was an innovator. So the idea that innovation in theater is new is just a great misconception. Um, but even like talking about Shakespeare, we see productions of Shakespeare today that are innovated and adapted to be set modern. I mean, we did a production of Romeo and Juliet this past summer that we set in the 1960s, and it added a completely different filter onto what we think the events are going on in Verona back in the, uh, the 1200s. That's not right. Whenever <laughs> it was set. Um, we said it in the 1960s, which added this whole filter of, you know, we're dealing with the effects of Vatican II and the issue of the Protestants versus the Catholics. And it adds like this very, uh, still very relevant issue into society to this play that is, what was written hundreds of years ago. Like classical theater is still relevant today when it is put through the right lens and it's taken into consideration where it's being produced, when it's being produced and for who it's being produced for. You have to take all that into consideration when you do works that are not new and contemporary because again, why would we want to create art that is stagnant? That's just boring if you ask me. I personally um, think we should only do Elizabethan, you know? Yeah, that's really Prashina's vibe. It's very diverse. <laughs> yeah. okay, yes, I that's what I hear. Elizabethan England, costumes, so but... diverse. <laughs> yeah, very. Um, <laughs> but like, also, we have adaptations of classical theater that are not so much concepts about what they are, but like they're adapting the text mm. to be relevant and pertinent. Like there's an adaptation of um, Macbeth. Oh my goodness, I said the word. Um, we're not in a theater. Macbeth, we're, <laughs> we're not in a theater. It's all good. Um, by Erica Schmidt called 
Macbeth. Um, and it's, it's, it's become this commentary. It's so good. Um, it's this commentary on violence in the school system and in the youth. And it's set um, after school at this like very makeshift drama club. And it's performed by all women. And like, that is not traditional Shakespeare at all. I mean, it, it's very, the text is very spliced, but it, is so relevant and so pertinent. And so we can continue to innovate these works that were written hundreds of years ago to be new, as well as adding to the canon of dramatic literature by creating our own new works. And what I really love about these Shakespeare adaptations are people like women are putting different perspectives onto these plays and telling new stories and important stories that need to be heard but still using the 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 settings and these like classic tropes i guess to tell the stories and honestly sometimes that's a very effective way to get these narratives told mm. because people are like oh hamlet i love hamlet i'll mm -hmm. go see hamlet then they show up and it's a commentary on depending on how you want to read the nunnery scene domestic abuse mm. it's a commentary on parenting it's a commentary on just the human experience or something like that. It's a commentary on something that is very real and personal and relevant in the 21st century. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. <laughs> I like your soapbox. It's nice though. I mean, some of my favorite movies from, you know, like growing up, I watched She's the Man and mm. Oh, um, uh, what 10 things I hate about you. Mm -hmm. Like th those are all Shakespeare adaptations and they're all the Lion King. Literally the <laughs> Lion King. <laughs> they just did fat ham at, I think the mm -hmm. public yeah. in New York. So like mm -hmm. Shakespeare is like, we're still getting new works even from old work. And I think that's it, The innovation is so cool. Like, and I, I think that it's important too. Right. And Mackenzie said it, but maybe to just reiterate these classical works that we still have, we have because those people were innovated in their contemporary space, right? Mm -hmm. Shakespeare was innovative among his contemporaries. Arthur Miller was innovative among his contemporaries. Like these people who now were like, oh, it's so old and tired and classic. Well, it, it's, it is old, but mm -hmm. it's not tired was innovative at the time and still can be if you bring it forward, right? Mm -hmm. And it's why we need to be looking for these next new voices because William Shakespeare, someone had to produce him first. Mm -hmm. Someone had to give him his shot, right? And the same can be said for any well-known playwright. And so if we're not continuing to give people the opportunity to share their stories and share their unique perspective, then we're missing out on what could be the next thing that our children and grandchildren are calling classics, yeah. right? And that's a super weird way to look at it, but I think it's still really valid and really important that we are looking for contemporaries to be great writers and great theater artists because it matters not just for who's hearing the stories now, but who will continue to hear these stories. Yeah. Yes. And I and to plug um, what we're going to talk about next week, because it's very related. Ad. Yeah, just a quick <laughs> advertisement. I apologize for the accents. There will be a lot of them over the course of these podcasts. They won't always be good. No, but they will exist. You're welcome. Um, one of the ways in which we ensure that new work is quality or, or the adaptations of classic works are quality is with 
dramaturgical concern, right? And so I think that that's a word that gets tossed around a lot. And maybe you've maybe you've heard of a dramaturg. Maybe you're like, oh yeah, I, that's a thing. I but, did not know what dramaturgy was until I got to college. Right. <laughs> I never heard that Same. word before. <laughs> and so I think that like maybe at the professional theater level, people at least have a concept that it exists. But I think a lot of people, even if they know that it's a thing, couldn't like nail down what it means. Mm-hmm. And yet it's exceedingly important. And I think that the uncertainty of dramaturgy is actually somewhat unique to American theater. Um, if you look at European theater and other areas of global theater, dramaturgy is much more prominent than it is here. Um, yeah. It's just true. <laughs> Take Sounds that for right. what you will, but that is the case. And so our next episode, um, we're going to have our dramaturg on that works with Wild Imaginings. Um, and as I've said, I also have worked as a dramaturg, but the two of us are going to get on and talk about, like, what is this thing called dramaturgy? And I mm-hmm. think that if you are interested in producing new work, exploring new work, that an understanding of dramaturgical lens is paramount to doing yeah. that well. It's essential. <laughs> A callback to episode one, Bashina. <laughs> <laughs> I planned it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrote it on your hand so you wouldn't forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was such a good discussion today, y'all. Um, are we have any... the best talks. We do. <laughs> are there any final thoughts before we wrap this up? I think we... We kind of said it all, didn't we? That we did. new works are about unique perspectives. They're about uh, writing in your own voice, giving breath to you know new voices to come into uh, this this lexicon of theater that we mm. have. And they're about innovation, not just yeah. reworking old work, but also pulling things from those old works and yeah. reinventing them. Not being scared to try new things. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Not being scared by like, oh, is this theater? It's theater if you decide it's theater. Do your thing. Oh, we should have an episode on that. Ooh, okay, <laughs> future episode plans. Yeah. You have no but idea. But really, honestly, theater yeah. is what you as the theater artist decide that it will be. The audience is going to buy in, you yeah. know, if you, if it's the story that you want and need to tell. So yeah, it's true. innovation, it's, it's the thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was awesome. I love talking to you guys. You're so cool. <laughs> You're so cool. Um, just a plug. Um, we do have Epiphany's New Work Festival coming up. Uh, and so for our next couple of episodes, I think our next episode in particular, we'll be talking about dramaturgy. But then after that, um, we'll be talking about the Epiphany's New Works Festival. And diving into some readings, introducing you to some new shows and new playwrights. Yeah, we hope to give you we hope to get you some new play rights on your radar um one of them sitting next to us Trent Sutton oh Um, okay that was awkward (laughs) (laughs) they're making me do my play I'm not self-promoting I promise it was beautiful it made me cry so yeah he has to um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening to us today talk about theater and we'll see you next next episode yeah we will you'll come back yeah (laughs) thank you for imagining this with us we will see you soon